Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode 268 of Griff's Brain Dumb is me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? Um, it is Sunday. It is a normal time. It's like half one in the afternoon on a Sunday. Um, old school style. I'm indoors. Um, didn't play football this morning because I'm uh, still quarantining from the vid. Um, I mean, it's a weird one. So the quarantine basically is 10 days from when you either first got symptoms or first tested positive. Now I first got symptoms last Wednesday, which meant my quarantine ended on Saturday morning or Friday night. Um, but then I only tested positive on the Friday, which means my quarantine ends Sunday night, Monday morning. And um, yeah. And I had symptoms on the Wednesday, so I did it from then, but I had nowhere to go. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like fresh room, and then no one's home to, uh, to welcome me back. So yeah, um, what you can hear in the background is the TV, Everton Crystal Palace, currently 2-0 to Palace. Not a spoiler if you're listening to this on a Monday, because this game happened yesterday. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're doing. I've, uh, I've been symptomless. I mean, the only hanging thing I've got, right, is a bit of sensitivity in my chest, in my like the bottom of my trachea. That if I was to cough or uh, to breathe out in a certain way, it's weird. It's out or in. I never know. It's just every now and again, it just feels like a stabbing right in my throat. I'm like, oh, that's new. So I'm guessing that'll wear off in time. Um, but yeah, but I'll be back. I'll be back in in the office on Monday. Um, so yeah, and I've been, and it's so stupid, these like COVID things. So I tested positive all the way till Friday, um, because of work policies, I need to test all those days. Um, but after 10 days of isolating, then I don't need to test anymore. So there's no point me actually testing today or tomorrow for work because I'll be back in the office. It's mad. It's flipping mad. But yeah, um, Hey, that's, that, those are the policy, them's the rules. And here we are. Uh, what, what's been going on this week? What's been going on this week? Um, I guess let's start with the most serious thing that I've had interest in um, is uh, Child Q. Don't about Child Q cases, about a uh, school aged girl who, um, wait a minute, it's me, and, it's me and Zade at home, so I just need to make sure that wasn't her I could hear. Or is that an advert? It was an advert. So what happens when you have a kid, you hear phantom crying all the time. Um, and you, you, you know the sound of your own kid crying, but just the odd, yeah. And you're just like, wait, what was that? Um, the other day I thought she was crying. There was literally traffic from outside. <laughs> anyway, so, um, talking about, yeah, Child Q. Um, if you don't know about that story, it's about a child who was suspected of being in possession of weeds uh, by her school for the second time. And therefore on this occasion, they deemed it appropriate to call the police who then deemed it appropriate to strip search the child. Um, and it's the, the fallout online, um, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, um, the fallout's all agreed. Like, is that's all, I feel the same in the sense of the outrage, totally justifiable, totally understandable. What well, the issue is though, and this is a topic I want to talk about regarding this, 
isn't uh, the outrage that you can't tell people how to be outraged or not. Um, I'm outraged by it. But what the, my point is, is the desire to see everything burn. People forgetting what they're setting alight here. And the amount of people that are so desperate for uh, officers to be named, school to be named, teacher to be named, they want all these people to be named, ignoring the fact that the child will end up being so identifiable if they were to name all those people. And a lot of people go, it's a conspiracy, it's a, they're trying to cover up for the school. It's like, you can't name the school without baiting up who the child is. There's, there's so much information out there. Um, people being sent the school name, I have luckily not seen, I don't want to see it. Um, but there's so much information out there about this case that when you, they seem, it seems innocuous on its own, but when you triangulate it and put it all together, you then realise, wait, you know, like you, you know, you, you could work out who this kid is. And I'm pretty sure the people are close to it, people go to the school, know who the kid is, but the country doesn't need to know. But don't make it readily available. Because look, put it like this, we already know it's in the borough of Hackney. We know it happened in December 2020. We know the girl was 15. We know that she's black and she's got dreadlocks. If you start going, you name the school. It's like, what? Unless that school has some massive, like, contingent of locks kids who so is that age at that time. Yeah, by all means. But not even in Jamaica would that give the kid anonymity if you named the school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Locks. Um, so this is my issue with it, is, is our desire to the witch hunt. Um, and we get blinded, I think, as people, as the public, when um, we just want justice. And, and sometimes I don't think we do want justice. I think we just want blood. We just want fire. We just want destruction. Um, and we're completely forgetting that this whole issue arose from the lack of safeguarding for a child. And our reaction is to disregard all safeguarding measures and and expose the child's identity. Um, the parents have to come out and say, look, please do not name the school, do not name the child, because investigations are happening. Heads are already beginning to roll. Do I need to know the heads are rolled? Like, yeah, I'd like to know the heads are rolled, but I don't need to know the name of the person. I, I don't, I don't need to know. Um, I just need to know that the victim says, yeah, or the victim's family go, yeah, we, we've got the justice we want. You know what I mean? And from all I'm reading around the case, that's what's happening. Now, let's, let's talk about the details of the case, man. It's just such a failing. Um, you know, so I've read the report um, and what's happened here is that the, the kid's been suspected of being possession of weeds for the second time. The first time she was suspected, um, they basically said, look, they searched her in a legitimate way in the sense of just her outer clothing, wasn't in possession. They told her, they contacted the parent straight away and the mother said, yeah, she's been up all night studying, she's a bit tired, whatever. So, you know, that's what it is. That's why she's coming off as intoxicated as put in the report. The school said to her, if she comes back in like this again, like she'll, she would be, she'll basically be kicked out of school. She won't be able to attend the school. Which is kind of harsh anyway. If you've said she's got weed on her, she hasn't, and I've explained she's been up all night, she's tired, and you go, I'm gonna kick her out of school. 
it gives me awkward, it creates friction anyway. You know what I mean? That doesn't create an environment that says, oh, how bad. No one's asking why does she smell of weed? Yeah? It's just because you stink of weed, well, we can't prove you're high right now, but this she is high again. He's like, no, she isn't high in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that kind of lack of investigation. But technically, I haven't done anything wrong at that stage. But again, like I said, if it's a safeguarding issue, you treat it like a safeguarding issue and not a criminal one, your issue is, why does the child smell of weed? I know people in my community, I'm talking black people, and actually not just black people, a lot of people just don't think weed is a real drug. But by law, it is. Uh, biologically, it is a drug. It has effects on your mind. Um, so yes, it has positive, there is medicinal marijuana, great. But you know, there's, there's lots of medicines that if you don't take them properly or as prescribed, they will have a negative effect on you. So to pretend that marijuana is outside the realms of this is, is odd to me. Um, so that should be the, that should be the issue. You've got a child who smells of drugs, I think it's a class B drug at the moment. Why do you smell of drugs? If a kid came in smell of alcohol, you'd be like, why do you smell of alcohol? What's going on at home? As you'd be pissed off as a parent if you've been investigated for this, but at the end of the day, if that's that feels more like due process, right? Um, so the second time she gets searched now, um, I think it's months later, you know, they suspect her being in possession of cannabis. There's rumours going around the school that she sells drugs. Um, she gets searched. Guess what? She doesn't have any a weed on her. So what do school do at this point? They then call their kind of community, like policing officer, like safer communities officer, because it's COVID, they can't come into the school. So their advice is call the police and tell them to send female officers down, right? Parents not called at this point. Nothing's actually mentioned in the report because I'm reading the report, the, the report, the review is a great review because it's an independent review. It's based trying to just understand the facts of the matter and how to stop it from happening again. In the review, it categorically says this search should never have happened. Um, so it's really worth a read. Um, it's the, the reviews by the um, by the LCSPR, so the Local Child Safeguard and Practice Review. Um, so yeah, they're they're an independent uh, child safeguarding um, commission, right? So it's, so that that that's all they care about safeguarding, um, and so this point here. From their review, from the review, they're saying it's not established whether the school thought there would be further searches. It's not established if the police had even said to the school there'd be further searches, right? But it's like once the police come, now they say, right, we're taking a girl to a room to, to take a girl to another room. Now again, it's still not asked. From the review, it's not because basically what the review says, there's so much conflicting information from everyone. Yeah, that it's, they can't actually establish the facts of what happened, but what they can establish is what didn't happen. And what didn't happen is there didn't seem to be any safeguard, again, the safeguarding first uh, behavior from school was lacking. So when the police come, you meant, it's not a criminal investigation. So when police come to a school, as a teacher, your first thing is meant to be, yeah, 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 we're gonna do to the kids. These are our kids. 
Yeah, while they're in school at this time, while they're wearing the uniform, they're our kids. So what are you doing with our kid? But instead, it was like, yeah, sure, take the kid. And apparently staff from school followed the kid to the room, not for safeguarding, no, 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 just to make sure she didn't dump the drugs anywhere. So this 15 year old then is subjected to a strip search uh, or what they call further searches when they cover the statistics in policing. And within further searches, is any search that goes beyond the kind of emptying of your pockets on the outer layer of your clothing. Because so the first level of further search is like a, like a more thorough search, which is take off your coat. Take off your coat, um, you know I mean? Turn out the inner pockets of this, take off your jumper, but you're never naked, you're never exposed. You're just removing layers of clothing if you've got multiple layers on, yep. And you're just showing the under layer. This next level is uh, is where you actually expose um, private areas, yeah, your genitals and stuff. This is where you may actually be asked to prize open your own legs and stuff and cough and that kind of stuff. That's what the girl was subjected to. Then there's the other one where it's actually even more, it's an internal search where people are actually putting fingers in your mouth and into cavities. That didn't happen. It was the second one. but. The fact is you've subjected a child to this. There's got to be a point where you go, wait, 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 what were we doing here? There's one point, there's got to be a point where the school's like, hold on, what are you doing with, with the kid? But it wasn't, why? Because they're not looking at it as, as a child who they're self safeguarding. They're looking at it as a criminal who they're trying to catch. A criminal who's guilty until proven innocent uh, and had to be subjected to this that no child should be subjected to. Can you imagine if you're subjected to that as an adult at work? let alone a kid at school around people who are meant to protect you. When you're a kid at school, yeah, you might fall out with your teachers, but you don't ever think you're actually in danger at the hands of your teachers. You think your teachers will protect you. Mr. So-and-so is a prick from maths. Mrs. So-and-so is a bitch from, from science. But when it push comes to shove, you know deep down as a child, they've, they've got my best interests at heart. That's how you should feel as a kid. They're stopping you from having fun, but they're going to protect you. Something crazy is going to happen. But no, that isn't what happens. There's no, uh, there's no appropriate adult in this safeguarding thing. Appropriate adult is an adult is meant to be there again to protect the child. This child was left in a room with two officers, two officers that she doesn't know, unnamed officers who conduct this search. This girl was on her period, told to remove her sanitary t uh, pad and then put the same dirty pad back on. She wasn't allowed to go to the toilet and change it because no, that, that wasn't part of the search in case she disposed of the drugs. Okay, so that lack of dignity. And it's, and, it, and the review said it was, that there was racism found. I, in disrespect, I almost find it so minor, the racism bit. Not that racism is minor, because um, again, I, I do suspect it would have been different if it was a child of a different race, it may not have happened. If a child was white, it may not have happened. But in the sense of this, to me, this isn't. Well, I guess it is racially motivated. So it is a racism issue. But the fact is, it's a child. That's the thing. Maybe it's, it's both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's both. But it's. A, but what perturbing me the most is, is it's a child. This and it, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's that kind of adultification of black children, children seen as older, treated as adults. 
And that's why I'm really pedantic about it. Like I'm really pedantic about when people refer to a kid as a young man or a young lady. And it's like, they're not, that's an old kid. It's an old girl, an old boy. It's not a young man, it's not a young lady, it's 15. When I was more active in the mentoring and it's just like, we've got the young men and young ladies that like, they're not young men and young ladies. They're 15, they're 14, they're kids. Remember, they're kids. When they fuck up, remember, it's a kid. When they do well, remember, it's a kid. They're still a kid, whatever they say or do. They might be a bit more mature for their age, cool. But guess what? Still a kid. And that's it. And if you, as a school, as, as an institution like a school, if you forget that these are children, like what are you doing? I mean, at all this point where he's been strip searched and stuff, her, pet, her parents still haven't been called. It's such a violation. It's... And I understand the rage. People want those heads to roll. But you got to remember, like, again, the issue is safeguarded here. So to just go for the school, go for whatever institute, go for the police, whatever. Let, let, let the victim's family and their legal team deal with it, which I think they're doing fine with it in the sense of dealing with it legally. I think they're suing the Metropolitan Police. So, you know, I hope they get everything they can get. Um, but the main issue is that is, is child Q and from the report, from the review, she's not doing well. Of course she's not going to be doing well. Now, how do you recover from that when people who are meant to be looking after you, people are meant to be, like I said, got your best interests at heart, violate that. You know what I mean? It, it's so demeaning. I, I think back to the rage that I felt at times in school or at work. Enough, and it's just simply because I can't fully express my anger at the moment. So you know when you're really angry and you can't express it, so then it just kind of gets you so angry that you become upset. I've had those moments at work, I've had those moments at school. And nothing anywhere near as violated happened to me. Um, nowhere near. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, it's like, have a sip of water, mate, and chill out. So I just can't imagine for this, uh, this poor girl. But, like I said, over justice and just online, it, like I said, the need to see names. I don't know why. We don't need to see names. People, some people going, well, surely they can just, you know, name the school, name, but protect the kids. It's like, well, no, like I said, one, it make the kid readily identifiable. Two, let's say that they, they named the, the school and they named the, the teachers and named the officers. What, but how would you feel if they do that, but they don't link it to child Q then? How about they just, it's just PC so-and-so, he's getting prosecuted. They're getting prosecuted for, uh, you know, I don't know, child endangerment. I don't know what the actual law would be. Um, you know, would you that be satisfying? No, it wouldn't be satisfying because you wouldn't know that it's to do with child Q. So this is what I mean. It's that kind of... People think they their hearts... I think their heart is in the right place, but their head's not in the sense of what they actually want out of this. You know what I mean? They, they, just, they just want a face to hate because I guess right now it feels... It feels too, uh, it feels too ethereal, right? There's, there's, there's no body to it. 
it's kind of like what racism is. Racism is like this weird ghost that you can't see, you can't taste, you can't touch. You know I mean? You can't hear it at times, but you just feel it. It's just there, you know it's there. And I think that's what it feels like this. It feels like that, that evil force, that evil feeling is just going to get away with it. It's there, but because they can't put a face to it and target their rage, it just feels like you're just aimlessly angry. But I guess it is for us to be angry as, as a society, as a public, but it's, it, we've got to remember what what we need from this is justice for child Q, for it to happen again, uh, for those who are in power, not to ever be in a position that they can make these decisions again, and for all institutes to ensure, again, safeguarding is at the forefront because these aren't new laws these aren't laws that aren't written and then they're going to learn from oh yeah we should have done that they know what the law is there's so many procedures that weren't followed the police are meant to uh, call a supervisor before they conduct a strip search um, you're meant to state this search to that you're going to do this search to people uh, and to reasonable for like a reasonable adult before you do the search um, you're only actually meant to strip search someone if you think they're hiding like weapons or class A drugs. So again, it means so many policy, their own policies they haven't followed. So like I said, there's no need for new laws. Your policies are there. Um, it just hasn't been followed. Didn't call the parents. Uh, there's no appropriate adult present when the search out. It's just so many things that have gone wrong. So many things are wrong. And it's simply for me because they haven't approached it like a child and a safeguarding issue. And the same thing they said in the review, they've approached it like it's a criminal matter and they're trying to catch a bad guy. And that's it. I think, um, yeah, I just hope heads roll. That's it. Let's hope heads roll. Oh, heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy stuff. Um, right, let's see. Let's uh, see what else there is on the pod uh, we're going to discuss so other a bit more trivial more trivial to discuss alright let's see 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 wait a minute let me just check I think the kid's awake I can't hear her but I'm looking on my camera and I can see her. Right, bear with me. Let's see, let's see. Right, 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 right. So, um, <laughs> so I think it's that, yeah, um, I was maybe looking for other things, but I can't find anything else. I mean, there's one thing I did find that I thought was hilarious, but it's, um, it's an Am I the Arsehole? And I know my boys at ESN do that. So, I'm not going to read it. I hope that they cover this one because it is. A madness, um, absolute madness. So yeah, I should send it. We'll send it to one of the guys. And surely one of them will read it on the pod. Um, so I'm going to just get into some didgeridoo. Yeah, didgeridoo. Right, I've got a guest on the pod, and I'm watching this guest eat cucumber in the most ridiculous way. Hey. Eh? Uh, how have you got it on, in your sock? Hmm? Have you got it in your sock? 
<laughs> yeah, you don't know. I don't know either. This child's so weird. Whenever she needs to drink something, it's one hand. Whenever she's eating, she needs food in both hands. So it's trying to be so casual with one hand, then double fisted with the cucumber. Drops a bit rather than just eat the one that's in her other hand. No, nah, no, nah, let me just try and pick up another piece. Right. Anyway, let's get into this. Dear Deirdre, my husband didn't fall for a honey trap because he's having sex with a younger woman. That is mad. Imagine trying to set your partner up for them to cheat and they don't because they're cheating with someone else. <laughs> Do you still have to pay the honey trap? Like, or... Yeah, let me just see how this goes. Dear Deirdre, my relief was short-lived. Yeah, I thought it'd be like, you thought, oh, he doesn't cheat. And then he's just like, no, someone else. He's there fully telling the honey trap I can't cheat. Why? Because I'm in love with someone else. The Harley Trap reports back to the wife like he says he's in love with you. Is that no? That isn't what he said. He said he's in love with someone else. <laughs> right, dear dear Dream. Do you know how rude that is as well? It's like I can't cheat on my side piece. <laughs> I can cheat on my wife with my side piece, but I can't cheat on my side piece. I love her. Uh, dear dear Dream, my relief was short-lived uh, when the Honey Trap professional I hired told me that my husband wasn't interested in her. And then she told me the reason. He was waiting for his lover. <laughs> yeah. I'm 38. My husband's 41. We have three children, age seven, five, and three. Uh, we've been together for 12 years. Our sex life has slowed. Raunchy romps, romps can't be a priority when you're running uh, after kids and juggling housework. Where is the cucumber gone? Um... <laughs> I didn't think my husband was ever that bothered. But recently he's been more distant and working longer hours. Um, we didn't even spend Valentine's Day together because he was still at the office. But I was a bit suspicious. But when I went through his internet search history, there was nothing incriminating. Yeah, because how much does he talk to you on the internet? I love that, search on the internet. So what's the internet gonna show? He'd be looking at bank accounts, text messages, WhatsApp, it's the WhatsApp. He's got a burner phone. Um, if anything, I felt guilty. Um, it's my birthday soon. I saw he brought a Tiffany bracelet last week. Ooh. But my sister wasn't convinced. She said if I had nothing to worry about, I should set a Heidi trap to put my mind at rest. Your sister's a madman. Uh, that, that wasn't the solution. You bet your sister's single. I agreed. And it was the worst mistake of my life. We found a private investigator. Come on, eat nicely, baby. Come on. Put the food in the bowl and then the food in your mouth. Not food everywhere and chuck the bowl somewhere else. Bowl's not a toy. Eat it. Eat. Eat. Wow. No, don't do that. Anyway, sorry guys. Let me carry on reading. Um, and then deal with this. Tyrants. Later. <laughs> I agree. It was the worst mistake of my life. We found a private investigator online and agreed to let a gorgeous woman be bait. He always goes, he always go for Friday night drinks. So the plan was that she would follow him after work and try to seduce him while he was at the pub. She would record the conversation and the photographer nearby would take pictures. When I got the footage, I was heartbroken. Even though my husband turned down the honey trapper, the photo showed him embracing 
a young woman 30 minutes later. To make matters worse, I'm sure he's wear she's wearing the bracelet I thought was for me. And that's your fault. No one told you it's for you. <laughs> I haven't confronted him as I'm scared he'll leave me for this other woman. How would I cope? Mad. Um, I know, that is just so bad, right? I think uh, what you should do is definitely confront him because uh, it's done. Your relationship's done now. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything that will jeopardise your divorce settlement by uh, you saying that you hired someone. Okay, do you know what? It would have messed you up if you hired someone and he slept with that person, I think. Because, like, if you didn't throw this person at me, I, I wouldn't have cheated. But uh, he didn't cheat with that person. He cheated with someone else. So I think you're, I think you're good from a legal perspective. Um, mm, yeah, so I think good. You need to do that, though. Yeah, you need to. That's, that is mad. It's rude, though. I still think it's rude. I won't cheat on my wife. I won't cheat on my side piece, but I'll cheat on my wife. <laughs> Wait a minute, what on earth just happened there? So I'm watching the Palace Everton game. I I saw I saw some ridiculous shot from Elise. I turned my head away. This is the third goal, so when you get to watch it, I turned my head away because like, well, I don't know where that shot's going. And then just hear them cheering. I thought I thought it was a glitch. No, this is mad. Let me. Sorry, I have to just watch this replay. Okay. Zaha's there on the floor. Alright, yeah, he's gone through. It's great, so Lisa. This shot is dreadful. I stopped looking. What on earth happened there with that shot? Yeah. That is mad. Anyway, shout out Zaha and the man there at Crystal Palace. What a likeable team. Patrick Vieira. Doing the madness there. Right. Um, right. Sick with stress. I've, start, I've just started a new job, but my nightmare boss is making my life hell. Dear Deirdre, I dread having to go to work because my boss, I'm 24. I was excited to when I got a job, but it's an absolute nightmare. Even though I've just started, my workload is through the roof and there's a huge backlog of filing to do. It isn't possible to complete it all on top of my other responsibilities. Here's the one thing you need to teach yourself when you get a job, right? Is you don't have to complete everything every day. That's what I did. Once once I come to terms with that, because when you're in a new job, you're just always in this state of, what if they sack me? Uh, what if they find out that I'm not as good as this thing I said I was kind of good at on my CV? You're just waiting for, you know, you're waiting for it to come. You ain't to get found out. But, um, yeah, that's right. You ain't to get found out. And you think, I have to do every task. Every email that comes to your inbox, you're like, I've got to do that now. Everything's urgent. You've got no sense of what's what can wait, what tasks have never been done by anyone. And um, and you're just there trying to do every task. Don't, don't do that, mate. Um, but guess what? You just learn. I don't have to do all these tasks. It's totally fine. And once you work that out, your work day becomes easier. And you just start doing the... You only do the bits that you know need to be done. 
So you're there going, oh, I've got to do all this filing. If all that filing was there before you got there, guess what? It weren't that important. Believe that. Anyway, so my job is meant to be nine to five, but I'm working until eight most evenings. Trust me, that's your choice. It's a, it's a pressure from your bosses, but it's not pressure's not a real thing. Honestly, once you stop, because I guarantee there's people who you work with, you say you work nine to five, there's people at four... 47 are like boy i'm making myself a cup of tea and i'm gonna wash up my cup and my plate and they're avoiding all conversations with anyone from work people trying to stop and it's like oh uh dave can i just speak to you dave looks at his watch but he's like boy it's it's 4:52, you know so probably not <laughs> Yeah, let me just let me just pop. I've got to pop. Uh, got to pop into a meeting quickly. I'll, I'll come out and I'll talk to you. Yeah, you're coming back. There's you work till eight. Why are you went to eight? Because they know you work till eight. So therefore, it gets to six thirty. They're like, hey, she'll still be there. Let's give her this report. Of course, she's still there. She's always there. Trust me. And you might think it's gonna get you a promotion or whatever, but it won't. Because they're gonna hire someone. There's a new job that's above you. They're gonna hire someone new to take that job. Or you're going to take on those responsibilities and not get the promotion anyway. They're going to just consolidate your and your manager's role into one and you're going to take it. You like the job. We're going to offer you another £1,000 over three years. You know what I mean? That's what it's going to be. So, um, so don't overcommit yourself. I'm not even being paid overtime. Of course you're not. I've been getting awful stomach aches too. The doctor says it's stress related, but I can't talk to my manager. He's so strict and I've seen him shout at colleagues. So what? He shouted. I'm scared to approach him in case he fires me. Guess what? He may fire you. Do what you do. You do what you did before this job. You go and get a job. Honestly. Each time I get stressed out, I literally, at work, I literally tell myself this. The worst thing that can happen is that I get sacked. That's the worst thing that could happen. That's the worst thing your boss can actually do to you is sack you. They can't kill you. What can kill you? Stress. That's what can kill you. But your job cannot kill you. Your boss cannot kill you. If you ain't feeling it, just do what you feel. Honestly, if you're one of those people who just loves it, you're just conscientious and diligent and you want to work a million hours a day because that's just who you are. That's how you're built. Do it. If that's not you, don't create that pressure in your head. Anyway, um, let's see. Next one. Next one. This is the last one. Because, uh, yeah, right. Bridezilla, my greedy daughter expects me to fork out £20,000 for her wedding. How can she expect anything? I, dear, dear G, my daughter expects me to pay for her entire wedding because it's tradition. No, here's the thing. Here's, here's tradition. But that tradition is really predicated on the father wanting to do it or being able to do it. If he doesn't want to, isn't able to, then boy, that's, that's down to you as the couple getting married. You can't get married and expect to, your father to pay for it all. And then, and then, you know, when he says he can't, you're like, well, you have to. If he says he can't, you need to find the money somewhere. Or if he's paying for it, you're getting the wedding He's giving you if he's paying for it. Boy, I've got £600, so here's what I can get you. Registry office, 
Um, four meals at this place, at this pub. <laughs> Some finger food. Uh, dress. You get something from New Look. You know what I mean? That's that's the wedding you're getting if you want your dad to pay for it all. You can't dictate what's what's in the wedding. You can cry, Daddy, I want this. He's like, I hear you, but I don't have that. So it is all it is. Anyway, but I can't fork out twenty so dear Deirdre, my, my daughter expects you to pay for her entire wedding because it's tradition, but I can't fork out twenty thousand pounds for one day. Uh, she's twenty-nine. Uh, I'm I'm her sixty-three year old dad. When she got engaged last year, I thought she'd be grateful for the £5,000 check her mum and I gave her. Yeah. Five grand. That's lovely. But then she turned up on our doorstep demanding another 15. Incorrect. Apparently, in-laws will only pay for the limo. Cool. Have a limo. Have a limo to McDonald's. She says we need to stick to tradition and pay up. No. She's already booked a castle for the event and reception. She put the castle. Whose name did she put down on the booking? Because that's who's paying. That's whose deposit is in there. So, boy. Unless she put down my name. Because if you put down my name, guess what? I'm suing you for fraud. <laughs> um, as well as a top-notch caterer and an ABBA tribute band. None of my friends have paid for their kids' entire weddings. That doesn't matter. Forget about what your kids, what your friends have and haven't done. Because they could have all paid for their uh kids weddings it's not keeping up with the joneses especially if you don't have it like the joneses or well, none of them could have paid and you might really have it better than them so you should pay but um this crystal palace team is so sick um anyway so yeah none of my friends have paid for their kids entire weddings i don't know where my daughter has got this idea from my wife avoids confrontation at any cost useless and so we often cave in to her outlandish demands. See, this is why I love my wife. Because she loves a confrontation. She'll say she doesn't love a confrontation. But she doesn't love a confrontation. But she's ready for it. She's ready for it. She's down for the scrap. So, um, anyway. But surely I need to draw a line here. Yes, you do, man. The line is your, your, your bloody credit rating. Can you afford it? Do you have the cashews? In it. I know you're trying to argue for the case of the daughter, but no. I see what you're doing. You're looking years in the future going, no, I sided the daughter. No. 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 Anyway. All right, kid. We'll check your nappy. But yeah, mate. Um, give your daughter what you can. But then just to say, to look, if the 5k is all you could have given her then that's it that's what she gets I don't know none of these people are just beholden to their to their kids and to other people it's just yeah just tell her to do one tell her to do one because she, if she's really trying to have a wedding she's got no savings then she's got no money herself none then I don't know why they're getting married they need to postpone the thing. anyway people that's the end of the pod. If you're going to catch me performing, I'm back out in these streets. Uh, Tuesday, I'm on the boats at the boat club, Tattleshaw Castle. Uh, the boat show, I should say. Uh, Wednesday, um, the, the Tring Aperitif, which I couldn't go to because I got COVID originally. They've rebooked me for Wednesday, so I'll be doing a half hour preview. 
uh, of the show I want to take to Edinburgh uh, next year. And then Friday, I'll be down in Hereford. Hereford, man. I need to work out how the hell I'm getting to Hereford. Because petrol costs a million pounds. Um, and But I think train takes about seven hours. And I have to go via Mordor and Asgard. So, I don't know. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Uh, peace.